Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. If you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, check us out on Twitter at Tinfoil Hat Cast. On Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod. Uh, you can find us on Reddit. Uh, it's reddit.com backslash r backslash Tinfoil Hat Show. Or all comedy t shirts.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, go ahead and email us at tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. What the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Oh my god, we are back in the studio for our second time this week. Uh, I'm, I mean, the last couple podcasts have blown up. You guys have given us our best numbers ever. Thank you and welcome to Tin Foil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. Uh, joining me, uh, you know, if I'm stanky, he's uh, he's janky. That's me. Uh, my good friend, the most uh, off-the-grid dude you'll ever meet. Maybe our guest might be more off-the-grid than he is. Um, but my good friend, Ryan Davis, how are Hey-o. you? Hey, 1-8, much love, no hate, spread it. Spread it, dude. Got a big show for you real quick. Uh, just want to say, uh, next Wednesday night, the Comedy Chaos is back. It's at the Comedy Store. Uh, we've had... Nine sellouts out of ten shows. This one's going to be packed out. It's during the X-Biz Awards, so it's going to be pure chaos. Joe Rogan, Brian Callen, Christina P., uh, Tony Rock, Kate Quigley, and uh, Theo Vaughn. Vaughn. So we got a packed house. Come out and rock. Tickets are only $20. It will sell out, okay? And then the following week, I am in Las Vegas. I am at the... I'm at the uh, L.A. Comedy Club in the Stratosphere. Come get weird, Vegas. Come get weird. And then Thursday night during the AVNs in the Stratosphere at 11.30, we're doing the Naughty Show. Boom. I got penthouse pants there giving away toys. It's going to be a good time. More dates, more stuff. I want to come to your town. Ryan and I want to come to your town. Hit me up. I need a theater. I need a comedy club. I'm not looking for A-list, super big comedy clubs. I'm looking for somewhere we can go. It's a nice controlled stage. We can get the door. Me, Ryan, you know, uh, Eddie Bravo, Greg Carwood, whoever we can get to get out there. We want to come out and rock out in your town. So you got to hit us up, man. Start looking for cool rock clubs and maybe, maybe comedy clubs. But uh, we're looking for weekend gigs. So uh, hit us up. We'll make that shit happen. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, a lot of good stuff. Guys, check out that Patreon, too, man. We're starting to throw a lot of stuff on there. We might start doing, like, two free ones and maybe, hanging out, maybe throw a little two more on there. Some videos are going up. I'm doing a lot of videos. Oh, and I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Alan Dupetit. That's Uh They gave me two free suits. 
You can go get two free suits, homeboy. They have the cheapest, high-quality suits you ever see. All you have to do is go into Alan Dupe. DuPetit.com. I'll tweet that whole the link. Use the promo code TINFOILHAT, and you'll get super cheap, high-quality suits. So they're our first official sponsor. Nice. Holler at your boy. So Ryan, uh, I'm very blessed to have Ryan on the show to work with me as my co-host, and uh, he works really hard on the show, And but he gets really excited about a couple guests, oh, yeah. and he, like, grinds me. You know, and he's like, "We no, we got to get him. And, like, and I have crippling social anxiety. I'll tell you that right now. So I don't like to bother anybody. I, like, don't like hitting anybody up. And Ryan's like, talk, go, go. So I'm like, okay. So we've had a bunch of people. He's really like, who are you like? You like Leary, Stevie Weeby. Uh, there's a couple of guys you've wanted to get on the show. And this next guy is one of them. Uh, we, we've kind of, uh, we all have a mutual friend, our good friend, uh, Greg Carlwood at oh, the yeah. Higher Sides Chats. He's kind of put a good word in with us with this, uh, our next guest. And our next guest was high enough to uh, put one of our uh, our episodes out on his really sweet channel on Reddit. Or would you say page or channel or whatever that is? Page, probably. Page. Uh, so we're very thankful to have him on. Why don't you give him the proper uh, fanboy intro, Ryan, that you know. Look at Ryan's like a 13-year-old at a Bieber concert right now. Fan look boy. at the giddiness. I mean, Greg Carl always has really great guests, and uh, last time I talked to him in La Jolla, I was like, what's the chance of us getting Magnora 7 on? And he's like, I'll put in a word for you, man. He's a very mysterious guy, and he got back to us via Sam, so please help me welcome to the Tinfoil Hat Show, Magnora 7, everyone. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Ryan and Sam. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for coming on, dude. We're uh, big fans of yours. I'm really excited about all the stuff you're working on. You know, I kind of check in on your page all the time. I don't want to get I want to get into what you're here to talk about, but now did I get this right? You're trying to create your own new Reddit? Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we took the Reddit open source code, uh, which is just widely available, and uh, we basically readapted it and we've relaunched it on our own servers. Okay, is there a name of this? Uh, right now it's called Anti Extremes, but we're uh, moving to setit.net. I like it. I like it. Can I invest in this? Are you taking investors? Yeah, we've got a Patreon and stuff, actually. So, uh, yeah, if you'd like to support us, uh, you can check out antiextremes.com, and then we've got uh, donation pages set up there. Can I buy a piece, like a a share? Can I buy a share in this so when it blows up I can be a creepy rich guy (laughs) banging, like, confused fucking black strippers from Houston? Yeah, we should do that. We should. Yeah, I've thought about doing something like or like setting up our own cryptocurrency for the like website. Like an IPO, some cool. shit? Do an IPO? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll get amazing. on that, dog. I want to be a part of that. All right, I'll be in touch. Yeah, if we do that, for sure. <laughs> I got tens of dollars burning a hole in my pocket, bro. You want that cash, homeboy? You want All right, that? All right, man. Boom, yeah. it's yours. Um, so you uh, tell us a little, for those who may not know you, because you are somewhat of a, 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 a mysterious man. Give us a little. Uh, give us a little bit about you. That kind of like, uh, why do you get into this world of conspiracy? How did you get started and all that stuff? And then we'll get into. Uh, you're really an expert in one particular thing. That I'm very excited to talk about. Well, to me, the whole thing comes down to. I mean, I think everybody wants to understand the world, right? I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. Is I uh, just want to. The world's really complicated and confusing, and I think at the end of the day, people would love to understand what's going on, and that's always driven me. And it got to a point where it's like you reach kind of the conventional, the end of the conventional understandings, and then you kind of have to 
keep looking and if you keep going you start running into things that a lot of people see as you know counterculture or something like that and uh that's where i kind of have ended up in this you know so-called conspiracy stuff uh which you know that term has been kind of sullied intentionally but uh when you get down to it, a lot of this higher level banking stuff and whatever that controls a lot of the structure of society is, um, you know, it's there's collusion going on and there's people behind Big closed time. doors doing stuff. Yeah, Big for time. sure. I mean, Amanda, just look at the news. There's no question. Do you feel like I often get to, I mean, I have now become the conspiracy theory comic guy. Uh, it it defines me when I walk into places People like to, you know, bust my balls a little bit, and I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. But I always, someone will always say, man, you live in a scary place. And I tell them, no, it's actually, for me, honestly, it's the freest I've ever been. Yeah. Knowledge is power, in my honest opinion. To actually know who the bad guys are, and it's almost fun to watch. Like, I, I imagine going to the Muppets and sitting in the audience and watching a Muppet show is great, but I also think it'd probably be a lot of fun to watch from the back. See who's pulling the strings? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see all the shit analogy. going on, you know? And that's kind of how I feel with this stuff. And, you know, we go by conspiracy. We call it spiritual skepticism. But, uh, like, in terms of you and what you know, how, like, I, I do this thing on YouTube. I call it Ronin, the rules of the Ronin, and they're very mm -hmm. simple. Uh, I don't join any group. I, mm -hmm. I do not defend anybody I don't personally know. I mm -hmm. do not defend any actions I am not personally a part of. And, you know, and this is kind of where I want to talk to you about is like, I do not try to give knowledge to those who do not seek it. And I think that's very important mm -hmm. when you, you live in our world that you don't try to push it on people because yeah. they're going to look at you like you're a crazy person because they literally have no clue. It's like someone coming in here and explaining brain surgery to us and we're like whatever dude you know we got brains whatever you know it's like they don't get it mm -hmm. how do you handle yeah. that because you are very deep into this thing yeah well i like the saying uh, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you know i learned a long time ago that you can't force anyone to learn something they don't want to learn i mean at the end of the day they gotta like you said they have to want to learn it in order to learn so it's really more about spreading kind of planting the seeds maybe some of the seeds grow maybe some don't and but that's you know that's not my concern my concern is planting the seeds and then walking away and some people will pick it up and learn lots of stuff some people will say it's garbage but that's you know that's not on me that's on them why let's say let's say uh you've had a, have you had, ever had conversations with family members you ever have a conversation about with a family member vaguely i honestly avoid talking about it in my personal life um so, so is there anybody that is close to you that you've had a conversation with? Because my question is, do they call you crazy because they don't want to believe you, someone they know personally, versus Don Lemon, you know, and everybody, <laughs> and Rachel Meadows, that they've never met in their life, and they don't yeah. realize these people make thirty grand a day to t tell you what the people who pay their checks want them to say what like what is your reality i find that so i do a joke about it. like we defend trump and hillary so much yet none of us have ever met these people and we yeah. i know people broke up with their boyfriends because they they voted for trump blocked their mother right. on on facebook because they voted for trump and it's like you don't know them 
Yeah. yeah, and they haven't done anything to really affect your life. It's like, I mean, I, I compare it to, like, uh, WWE, you know? It's like The Rock versus The Undertaker, and it's like, can you imagine if people were, like, breaking up with their girlfriend because the, the Rock beat The Undertaker or something like that, you know? It's it's that level of pointlessness, but people get so wrapped up in it because they think it is going to affect them, you know? But that's the that's the point of, of politics is to give people the illusion that they have control over the system, basically. Um, Frank Zappa said that um, politics is just the entertainment division of the military industrial complex. 100 percent, dude. Like just yeah. today, the, they extended wiretappings, uh, wireless uh, search warrants. I mean, uh, uh, what's a sir, uh, what? Not wireless, uh, but uh, search wireless warrantless. Warrantless, warrantless yeah. excuse me, hmm. search warrants, and uh, for another six years, and six Democrats helped pass that. So this, yeah. I mean, like it just the problem is that everybody's so busy with bullshit that they can't stop and really take score. So they don't yeah. really know all the craziness, and they re- they're so busy that they do rely on Rachel Meadows and you know and, and Blit- Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room, even though yep. you and, know he's got and dual the Daily sit- Show yeah. and the Late Late Show, and yeah, I mean, people are just so overworked, like you said, and then people are sleep deprived in America. We don't get enough sleep. Uh, there's so many people on opioids and all these other drugs, prescription and not prescription, and I mean, people are just not like 100 percent there because there's a lot of stressors going on and so people tend to focus on that stuff because it affects them more immediately and this this higher level stuff you know you you got to really spend the time to dig you into gotta it. search it and like i don't know how you handle it and then we'll get into this real quick but you know people go how do you know what's real what's not real well what i've done in my time because i sometimes i can't sleep and i just do deep dives on google and all that shit and i just yeah. go really deep is that i i like to learn i'm actually thinking about going back to college to either learn history or religion. I'm thinking about that, just doing online classes just to learn stuff like that. But I've studied history, and I study how people have reacted in life and how this the story of mankind and how politicians through the years go. So you study these the, the past. You study mm-hmm. the past up into this moment. And then you can use that to kind of predict future. That's what all futurists do. They look at how right. the actions of the past. Uh, you look at variables and kind of see how it will play out. And right. That... That's, any any good model should be able to predict the future. That's that's how you show what model is good and what's not. Is if you can like you know if you can call what's going to happen next, then you've got a pretty good model. And, and and it's it's like that's why you can go on Reddit and see a story and go that's complete bullshit because that doesn't fit the narrative. That we've studied through this, whether uh, you know the last 20, 30, 50 years of American politics and deep state and the shadow government and all that stuff. But I yeah, wanted, and then well, go on, on top of it, there's all this propaganda too on the internet, not just from like United States government, but there's like Russian propaganda, and then there's corporate propaganda, and then there's military propaganda, and you know it's so cheap to hire people to go online to like just post stuff all the time to make your organization look good. Um, they, they call it native advertising in the advertising world. It's, a, it's but, astroturfing too, right? When you start yeah. like a really fake grassroots thing and it's all yeah. fake and you try to act like it just started from nowhere. And it's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I think it might kill the Internet. I, I, I You know, everybody yep. keeps saying that Facebook is growing. I, I think people are going to use it less and less. I just think it, the more stuff that comes out about them, it's going to be crazier and crazier. And I, I think everyone's just getting fighting over politics constantly. I think people are just going to eventually just unplug. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's one of the dangers of the internet is people think the things on the internet are real. When you watch TV, you know, like, oh, this is advertisement, this is paid, whatever. But when you see, like, a comment on the internet that's been upvoted a lot, a lot of people will think, you know, oh, that's real. That's a real organic comment from the community that's been upvoted by the community. But that's not usually or necessarily the case, you know. And I think people don't appreciate that. But I think now it's become such a madhouse on the internet people are starting to connect the dots and go wait what's going on here you know like well yeah i mean when the information when they got when they lost control of the information they thought we can't control it so we're gonna flood it so yeah. we're gonna flood it with a and i saw that just happen like i was you know read it through the election i just saw just like whoa this was okay inform and then it's just like where is all of this chaos coming why is this person posting this in the conspiracy section when it has it's so obvious propaganda bullshit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know what they did? You know what the people, you know what the deep state did? They just used the Instagram model uh, vibe of, uh, of publicity. It just have you ever noticed these Instagram models? They all have the exact same number of followers, like 150,000, and they all the same likes. And it's and they they have no soul. They don't care. Half of them are high end escorts. God bless them. Get paid if you got to. Mm -hmm. But it's just like they have no integrity. So why should people at the highest level of business and government have any kind of integrity? It's just it is. Yeah. And uh, you know I I keep yeah. saying we're gonna get into you, but I, I you know we talked about this last time. I honestly do believe that Hollywood is a loss leader for the um uh, the masters of mankind. That they the the millions and billions that they make on television and movies uh, is nothing compared to the trillions that they make in gold, oil, and drugs. And that's why they'll run everything into the fucking ground to keep mm. their 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 narrative of everybody fighting with each other. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. So let's get into yeah. you, dude. Let's get into you and what your specialty is, man. And I'm going to okay. let you talk a lot, and I'm sure people at home are going to love that. So you're like, let the guests talk. <laughs> so I'm going to let you do a lot of talking with occasional me going, holy fuck, okay? So, All right. So this subject, we've been hit up a lot, a lot of emails, a lot of, hey, when are you guys going to talk about this family? And then until we were able to get someone like yourself to help us unpack this, there was no way for us to talk about the Rothschilds without someone had really done the digging for us. So that's what we're really grateful that you're here for. The Rothschild family is a European family of German-Jewish origin that established European banking and finance houses from the late 18th century. So I guess let's start from the beginning. Uh, who, who is Where the first? Where does this all begin? <laughs> who is the yeah, first? Yeah, well, I see this as beginning, uh, if you go back to the 1450s or so, which is quite a ways back. Um, yeah, for sure. It used to be named the Bauer family. And uh, they did some stuff to their community and ended up having to change their name uh, because they were being uh, attacked, I guess. So they changed. Do from you know the what they did? The I don't actually. I, I, I've been kind of interested to look that up, but it, I don't think it was that big. They didn't have that much power at that time. They were wealthy, but not like crazy wealthy. Um, so but then they changed their names to Rothschild, which is based on uh, their door had a red shield, which is how the addresses back then were done with symbols instead of numbers. Oh, wow. So they had a red shield, and that was where the Rothschild came from. Um, then eventually, uh, 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 Nathan Mayer Rothschild worked with uh, Oppenheimer, who's so he was kind of real quick. But Nathan yeah. Rothschild was almost like, am I wrong in saying this? Almost like a prodigy in the terms of that. He got into baking very early, like very, very early, like 
13, yeah. 14, 15, right? He was like working at this bank, interning at a very, very young age. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Mayor Amschel Rothschild. Yeah. He he it was basically the family lineage, and then Mayor Amschel Rothschild went into the family lineage, which was um, coin trading, um, and uh, he worked with uh, he worked under Oppenheimer basically, and Oppenheimer had all these connections to all these different uh, royalty in uh, England and uh, you know France and Germany, and basically when you were king back then, and you wanted to store value, you'd store it in precious metals and precious coins. And they did that through Oppenheimer. So he's kind of like a broker of these these really high-end coins for royalty to store value. And this is what Mary Amschel Rothschild uh, worked under. So he, he learned the skill and developed it all through his teens and 20s. And uh, then their big uh, breaking point where it came next was the Napoleonic Wars. Yes, um, this is changes everything. This right. changes everything. So at this point, the Rothschilds are maybe like 10 millionaires, like in today's dollars, like 10 million. Yeah, they're like a uh, scoring forward coming off the bench for the Houston Rockets at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what happened was the the Battle of Waterloo was the big breaking point for them. And what happened was uh, it was fought, you know, a a long ways away from where they were. I think they were in France at the time. And they had a special messenger come back and tell them the results of the Battle of Waterloo because, you know, obviously they didn't have cell phones and stuff back then. So it would take several days for the message to arrive. So the Rothschilds, their personal messenger came in and said, oh, Napoleon won the Battle of Waterloo. And the Rothschilds went, "Okay." So then they hired another messenger to run into town and say that they lost the battle. Oh, so it was flipped. I thought it was the other way around. I thought. They went into England. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that that's yeah. So then the whole everybody panicked and sold gold because they okay. thought France was screwed because Napoleon lost the battle. So which is gold- what we learned last week, and just uh, to our listeners, which is what is called economic reflexivity, which is the your your economy really isn't a tangible thing like this. It is a it's a paradigm. It is feelings and people's feelings determine which way the market goes and you know and we when we talked about soros we said he basically copied the rothschilds uh game plan here and that they manipulated the feelings of the market right because it's all it's all based on trust it's all based on the people's trust in the government and trust in the monetary system so if you upset that then suddenly it's worth a lot less and that's yeah. exactly what they did. So they scared everyone. They said he lost the Battle of Waterloo. People freaked out. The price of gold crashed. And then the Rothschilds spent their entire life savings buying gold at the low price. Then the next day, the actual messenger came and said, oh, we won the Battle of Waterloo. And everyone went, oh, well, that's okay. We won. And then everybody got real excited. And then the price of gold skyrocketed. And then the Rothschild turned around and sold all the gold they had just bought at the cheap price. They then sold it at the very high price after the news came the next day. So literally in one day, they like, I think it was maybe 10 times their net worth. They, they multiplied it by 10 times. So they went from being, you know, maybe 10 million to 100 million to basically being billionaires. And, and this is what, in the 1700s? This is in 1815. 1815, dude. A hundred million dollars. And there's a good quote from uh, Nathan uh, Mayer Rothschild. He said, I care not what puppet is placed upon the throne of England to rule the empire which the sun never sets. 
The man who controls Britain's money supply controls the British Empire, and I control the British money supply. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's some old school yeah. villain quote right it, there. There's a great one by too by uh, his mom that his says mom. Yeah, his mom. He says if, the mom says if my sons did not want war, there would be none. <laughs> that and, is so scary. And that brings me so to the uh, true the family <laughs> crest. Um, it has five arrows, correct? And that represents yeah. the five sons of the Rothschild Empire. Yeah, that's correct. They have uh, there's a, a Bible quote from Psalms that's very famous within the family. That's uh, basically you should treat your children like uh, arrows in a quiver. So each each child is seen as a tool that can advance the gains of the family, and that's how they treat their children. That's how they raise them, and that's how they sent them off to uh, start all these other central banks as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. They they basically you know what they are, dude. They're the in and out of fucking banking. They just basically build fucking in and outs and give them to other family members. Like, this is where, like, you always, um, you know, and, and we're going to get into this a little, you know, the notion of anti-Semitism and this where I, I, and the Rothschild's <coughs> hands in developing that notion that if you criticize the Rothschilds, you're criticizing them because they're Jewish, which isn't true at all. But they begin the right. story of, of I'm only going to hire family. Yeah. This, yeah. Not only just family, but in particular members of the family. Right. And they see themselves as like kind of a special lineage. Like they honestly believe they're like transcended from the human race, which on some level they are because they have all this money so they can, you know, sit around and convince themselves that they're so awesome. And, um, you know, they're probably pretty, obviously pretty smart people as well, but they, you know, think they're on like another plane. They're God's chosen people, you know, and in their minds. So, so the oldest son of the oldest son was to be the head of the family. Hmm. And that is, who's that right now? Now, is that guy dead? Do you hear the story that a helicopter crashed on it? And I've heard nothing from this guy You're since Talking then. about Jacob Rothschild? Yeah, and it, like whether he died in a helicopter crash? Hmm. Oh, I haven't heard that. When was that? That was about three months ago, and he's never appeared anywhere. anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think the, the big player right now is Evelyn, Evelyn Rothschild. He owns the French uh, branch, which just recently bought out the uh, British branch, which Jacob was in charge of. Wow. They bought him um, out. What? That is so crazy. Yeah, is is actually like one of the Rothschild, like Rothschilds and Co. was suing like NM uh, NM and Sons Rothschild Bank for like because one was claiming to be like the the main heir of the Rothschild lineage, and then the, this other branch like didn't like it, so they're actually like suing each other. Oh, I love so, that. Imagine yeah. imagine being the lawyer billing those motherfuckers. <laughs> How much money you would make. Yeah. being a Rothschild, soon a Rothschild. So uh, a, a big thing in this, and we see this in the royal family, which is very interesting, is that there, there was a lot of intermarrying. Right. You know, and yep. that's why the Rothschilds aren't the prettiest people in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of interbreeding, and they keep within their family because they believe they have, you know, special blood or whatever, and they want to keep the, the bloodline pure as they can, and... It's the same as a lot of kings and queens in the past. Any like thoughts the, that on that religion. this is somewhat of uh, uh, lizard people, that that's why the lizard, that 
they all interbred. They want to keep that lizard blood good, you know, pure. <laughs> I've heard that. Pindar, I think that's dog. Honestly, I think that's disinformation, personally. Okay. I think that's one of those all things right. designed to, like, get people to go too far so that no one takes them seriously. Okay, we had that. to ask. And since we've talked about uh, uh, England and Europe, how they've made their money there, uh, the next big place is the conquest of Africa. Right. So, yeah, after they've... So they had the five sons, and each son took a different bank. So London, Frankfurt, Vienna, Naples, and Paris. Those were the five that came. Uh, those were the, all the sons' central banks. And basically the governments of, of, of these countries were, like, having financial difficulties and needed a loan. And then the Rothschilds just happened to have, you know, like a trillion dollars or whatever. Not really, but, you know, like no, $10 like, billion. Uh, dollars today it might be that. Today it, it might, might easily yeah. be that. Yeah, I've seen estimates of the family uh, being worth between five hundred billion and uh, several trillion dollars. Oh, so, I, yeah, I can believe it. So, but, what, uh, so they go into Africa, and this is so, yes, what? What? So, when is this? So this is eighteen eighty eight. Um, so eighteen eighty eight, the Rothschilds go up to the the British Crown along with Cecil Rhodes, and now uh, do they own like, the money of the? Sorry to cut you off. Do the, yeah, because you know you brought up if I own the British. Money than I run Britain. What? When? How do they take over Britain? I know they owned France, and they after that war. How do they take over the British monetary unit, the pound? They installed was, a family member into each. So we have, like you said, it was Britain, Naples, uh, Vienna, yep. correct? Yeah, Vienna and Paris and Frankfurt. So London has one. Yeah, Brit London is probably the core. I would say of this whole thing, actually. And when do they start to work with the royal family? At what point do they kind of go from bankers to almost their own sort of royalty? That's that would be the 1820s. In the 1820s, that was when they took over all, a lot of these governments because there there are a lot of cash-strapped governments in the 1820s, and they had just refined this kind of central banking game. So they're able to approach the kings and queens, and instead of offering the coin, you know, we'll keep your money and fancy coins like they do with Oppenheimer they're like hey we have billions of dollars we can actually just bail you out and it's like it's like too big to fail like the banks it's unbelievable it's, it's the 1820s version of that so the the governments then are in debt to the Rothschilds right is and, England in debt to the Rothschild is the royal family yeah. in debt to the Rothschild because there's always that theory yeah. that that the queen the queen is the head of the pyramid that she right. is she is the number one you know, she is the top of the food chain, that she owns more land than anybody else. And the, do the Rothschilds work for her or is it like she works for them or they just have a deal where it's like I'm the queen, but you're you're my you're my posse, my crew? I think she works for them. That's the way I've seen it. Um, really? The, yeah, I think the royal family is basically a figurehead uh, puppet kind of deal. And then I mean, basically the. One of the most shocking things I ever learned was in 1989, okay, that's pretty recent, 1989, the Queen knighted uh, Evelyn Rothschild for being the sole financial advice provider for the crown. So basically this guy is saying what to do with the crown's money, and they have to do it because they're in debt to them. Mr. Burns, right? Yeah, it is. I, I've yeah, I've seen. I've actually seen that Mr. Burns is actually modeled after Jacob's Rothschild. If you kind that's of that's so interesting. So let's get back to Africa. There. They go. They set up yeah. shop in Africa. They start doing uh, centralized banks. For those who don't know what centralized banks, can you explain to them the business model that is centralized banks? 
Yeah, so it's basically a, a, a way of formalizing this loan process. So when the, the Crown needs money, they borrow from the Rothschilds, and then they eventually just kind of formalize this to be anytime the Crown needs money, they can go to the central bank and loan against that. So that's the debt-based monetary system like we have now. Like in the United States, you know, the government's like $16 trillion in debt or whatever. Um, but it's all owed to the Federal Reserve, basically, and private banks. So, um, so and know, basically, it, it's it's a system in which you always are in debt. Yes, and because, yeah, every dollar that's created in existence automatically has associated with it that much and more in debt. So, if I give you a dollar created out of debt, you immediately owe you know a dollar and one cent. Unbelievable! So. There's so, so much to talk about. I just keep everything keeps <laughs> flashing in my head. I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this. So, where's he yeah. go into Africa first? Which do okay. you know which one's the first one? Well, they had South Africa for a long time. Um, so anything that was part of the British Empire basically was controlled by the Rothschilds. So, so. the Rothschilds have a, a real hand in. And I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this. Some serious apartheid. There's another country that they've helped deal form. That is yeah. going through a bad PR problem right now. A real uh, and uh, and they're they got their hands all in that one too. So they basically have their hands in, Sa- in South Africa, and they got their hands yeah. in Israel now. And it's just it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. So in 1888, um, Cecil Rhodes and the Rothschilds went to the Queen, and they're like, "Hey, uh, can we take over Botswana and Zimbabwe?" And the Queen is basically like, "All right, let's do it." So. They sent all these troops to from South Africa, and they invaded Zimbabwe, and they killed like 60,000 Zimbabweans with the machine gun that had just been invented recently, and basically just took the country by storm, took all the land, took the government, and basically had control of it until this, like 1970, I think, when it got independent. And this becomes where we start to see banker wars, right? This is This is the beginning of banker wars. Now, everybody says almost probably from this— Every war has been a banker's war. Yeah. And that, th- yeah. That, that these guys are so powerful. Not only do they, if they control your money, right? Mm-hmm. It's what the quote earlier, they control your military. Yeah. Right. And and what's crazy is they'll fund both sides of the wars too, and like the Napoleonic I want to get into that in a few, okay. but let's finish yeah. this Africa stuff because that's a real interesting thing because <laughs> we had a guest on last week and he was Jewish and I kind of brought that up to him and I, I, I don't think he could process that. <laughs> I don't think you could come to grips with that. It's such a foreign thought to some people that really don't look into this shit. That yeah. somebody that of their own group could be part of a really big problem. But get, finish the finish the stuff about Africa. So they go in there with machine guns. They kill sixty thousand. Right, and they take over Zimbabwe, and then uh, they form De Beers in eighteen eighty nine, and De Beers conquers Botswana basically. And pretty much all of De Beers' diamonds come from Botswana. And then De Beers starts the advertising campaign uh, that you have to have engagement rings to get married, oh which that wasn't even a thing until 1940. Yeah. Oh and then they started, God. yeah, and then they started advertising that. And now it's like a cultural staple. Like people get mad if you don't do that and if you don't like throw thousands of dollars away on this blood diamond, basically. Oh and and then what, what's crazy too is. De Beers controls or did at one point controlled 90% of the world's diamonds, but they only let out like 10% into the supply. So the price is artificially jacked up basically because they create an artificial shortage by having all these diamonds in reserve. Yep. And then they 
big man they are playing analytics people. with the world dude like they're playing I mean, moneyball yeah. <laughs> Aaron we're talking baseball for a second they're playing moneyball with mankind yeah I mean they regard I think a lot of them regard the, the millions and billions of people as just like cattle. literally like cattle to yeah exactly to be farmed and it's just like what's the most efficient way to get 100 million people to do this thing unbelievable unbelievable so that's up to 1940s and now here comes the crazy part that some people are gonna maybe get a little weird at yeah when sam was like should we do this rothschilds <laughs> episode right after talking about soros i mean is there a lot of like <laughs> jewish like well, I mean, I, I still say it about Soros. He says he's an atheist. And he, I, I mean, like, I guess ethnically he is, but he says he's an atheist. He does not claim it. And it's like, I don't. And then I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the Rothschilds are Jews. I, I honestly think they wear that as just a, a mask to mar- walk amongst us. I believe they are 100 yeah. percent Luciferians. And I and not Satanist. And in my head, I've made a difference between that. People get mad when we talk about saying like he's like, you know, an OG or some shit like that. But, you know, it's like that, the, the, the Satanists tend to be one with the earth. People don't like to hear that, but it's one with the earth. Luciferians are the dark arts. And I think that the, the Rothschilds are very much into that. Yeah. Could you explain Zionism in a nutshell? <laughs> yeah, it's so like there's there's kind of historical Zionism before Israel was formed. Um, the Rothschilds basically created the idea of zionism which is that uh the jews should have like a place to live for their own basically which is you know like okay interesting idea and then world war uh world war ii comes around and then there's like a mass exodus of jewish people from europe and you're jumping over something real big here dude i mean okay finish the thing because that mass exodus is uh, a very calculated thing i agree we can come yeah we'll come back to that but but yeah so basically that uh they want to get the people to Israel, and then so the the original goal of Zionism has been accomplished, um, but now Zionism has kind of morphed into this territory grabbing thing by Israel, where they say, "Oh, we deserve to have all this this territory of Greater Israel from the Euphrates to the Nile, basically, which is what the the Bible promised." I, and I, I so, find that hilarious. I just find that that people yeah. I know who are the smartest people in the world will claim God is that give them their lands. And then they're, <laughs> then they're the they'll laugh at the people who say that God hates gays and I I'm I'm for your life whatever you want to be but like they pick and choose where they pl- where they apply this divine intervention. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, I said, I mean, "Oh, that's... you can't be gay. God doesn't like gays." And they're like, "Oh, that's stupid." Well, you can't grab that land. Well, God promised. It's like, "What are you what are we talking here?" <laughs> it's the yeah, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of religion works right it's like god just happens to believe all the exact same things you believe like what a coincidence yeah it's like and the, then... it's like ordering a pizza at pizza hut they're like made to order here it's the jim jeffries <laughs> joke he goes if god hates gays why is one out of every 10 he keeps on making one like ah fuck i made another one yeah <laughs> this is your problem dude fix it yeah dude when i'm on the 405 and 10 10 lane traffic i i thank god for gays i want to open uh planned parenthood slash Fucking uh, 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 gay bathhouses, just locations all over the place. I start speaking backwards Latin and hoping that like an asteroid just comes into like view and just boom, downtown LA. <laughs> I respect the fuck out of that dog. There you go. Um, so, but, so, so the thing about Zionism, though, that a lot of people get confused about is Zionism is not like a code word for Jews. Yeah, a lot that's of people it. Think, 
That's yeah, it. A lot of people think like if I'm anti-Zionist, they'll go, "Oh, you you must be anti-Semitic too." And it's like, no, I'm I'm not. I I like Jew. There's a lot of cool Jewish people that you know I think are neat. But like the problem is this ideology that you think you deserve to conquer the lands of other people. I mean, it is everything. It is the top m- manipulating the bottom. And the bottom having this lottery mentality that yeah. they're going to someday own a bank or be multi-billionaire corporation, and therefore they got to protect. Like my friend yeah. at the, the, the comedy store, I love this guy to death. He's been on our show before. Like he cannot get it in his head that him and the Rothschilds aren't in the same crew. <laughs> like yeah. they would, they wouldn't pee on this dude if he was on fire. Yep. I mean, it's just like George Bush was like a Christian, you know. He's not really a Christian, but he just says, I'm a Christian. And then all the Christians go, oh, he must be a good guy. I could have a beer with that guy. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it's just it's like a facade that they wear basically to gain popularity. Well, it's also the um, criticism of Israel as well is like people think it's like, oh, you don't like Israel, you don't like Jews. It's, it's to say that, like, I don't like Netanyahu. And I'll tell you yeah. why, because he's just like Dick Cheney. He is the Dick Cheney of that. And to say yeah. that if I don't like Netanyahu, I don't like Israel, it's like saying if I don't like Dick Cheney, I don't like America. It's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I can disagree with Israel's foreign policy goals without, like, disliking this religion. Like, those well, aren't the I, I same I think at the things. end of the day, the average Israeli is, is a good person. I think they probably have been uh, just manipulated I mean, yeah. at, at the highest level by propaganda of the highest levels of these like Zionists, these, the Rothschilds and stuff like that, to yeah. militarize these people and demonize another person. At the end of the day, it's like you should all be living together. And there's nothing yep. wrong with Jews going to that area you, as long as you can live with other people. Because at the end of the day, we've done a podcast on this. They all worship the black cube. It all goes back to a black cube. <laughs> You know, and it's just like you're all, you got the genetically the same build, you're of the same make, and at the end of the day, when you go the farthest way back, you all worship this fucking black cube of Saturn, so you got everybody chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, we see a lot of that in the United States, too. We have, we're subjected to the same kind of propaganda by the Zionists, basically, to try and make us sympathetic to Zionist goals. You know, it's like, oh, Israel's just defending itself when it attacks Palestine. And Yeah, and I like think that. those days are done, though, dude. I think the tide yep. has turned. Now, don't get me People wrong. I love watching it. Israeli soldiers twerk. Like, Jewish <laughs> chicks twerking is some of the hottest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll tell you now, J- Jewish chicks are number two on my super freak big board, okay? It goes <laughs> Mexican girls, then fucking, uh, then it goes Jewish chicks, then light-skinned black girls, okay? Like, they're on my freak board, okay? So I respect the fuck <laughs> out of them and what they bring to the game, okay? So this isn't any, because I, I know when people comment on the show when they haven't listened to it, they just start going, oh, Jews run the banks, blah, blah. It's like, nah, dude, you right. didn't listen at all. Well, yeah, I, that's my complete girlfriend, misinformation. Like the Rothschilds would love people to believe, and that's that, why they set that, that Jews up. Jews are doing this. Yeah, it's cause, yeah, it's it's. I mean, the thing is, when you look at the facts, half of Jews in the United States don't support Zionism. Yeah. Half of Jews don't support Zionism, and then there's a lot of non-Jewish Zionists too who believe in the goals of greater Israel and stuff, but are not Jewish. Oh, like, not because the, they, they love Jews, because they're fucking crazy, and they right. think it's they're going to bring back Jesus. 
They're like, yeah, dude, or- let's just ship these motherfuckers over there, load up the synagogues, and then the big JC will come back, and <laughs> and it's going to be a party. No, it's going to be 500 years of darkness, dude. Like, well, I don't know what you think. It ain't Mardi Gras, dog. It's, yeah, it's think- going to get ugly. <laughs> I think half the people think that they're trying to bring back Jesus or the second coming or whatever. And then I think the other half are just riding a very convenient gravy train that, you know, is about, oh, let's conquer Syria and take all their oil and take over their central bank and all this stuff. And then like, oh, you know, I'm doing it because of religious reasons or whatever. That's just like a justification. It's it's unbelievable. So let's yeah, get into this. Bizarre. Like Israel is a hot point, man. Again, I want really, everybody yeah. to live in peace. Then there's no reason. We have a street here on one side of it's a little Filipino town. On the other side's a little Armenia. They get along. Somewhere out there, there's a Filipino Armenian kid running around, you know? So they get so we can all live together, man. And that's what this but there's some darkness yeah. involved with this that I don't think every I think it would be impossible for people to hear this what you're about to say because it is in my opinion 100% true. And that is and- who funded the Nazis, man. Well, I've yeah, I mean, I've heard uh, in Germany, there's obviously a lot of uh, uh, anger coming from the war reparations. Everyone was poor and looking for a scapegoat. And I think there were lots of um, big name leaders that were starting to rise out of the woodwork. And the Rothschilds know they need to be in control of the opposition. So if they're about to lose power, they'll always fund the opposition and try and spearhead the opposition. So when it wins, they can control it. And I think that's what they did with Hitler, basically. But I think it got to a point where Hitler turned on them and they lost control of it. Well, the the only reason I'm not sure if that's true or not is because he makes a very specific like if 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 there's one thing I know about the Rothschilds is they love the long game and they have no problem with just riding this out no matter what happens. And yeah. I think their whole thing was now. There's a you know what's the James Colbert? Is that a guy? He has a really good uh, yeah. YouTube channel. The Colbert is it? Is it Colbert Report? Corbett. Corbett, Corbett Report. Report. Yeah. Corbett Report. And he says that Hitler was a bastard Rothschild. And I don't know if he's 100 percent correct, but that's what he says, and that's why they funded him. And you know, I mean, if this is a long game, if in 1917 there's a promise of this land. To uh, the Zionist, right? right. This right. is part the, of their the long Balfour, game. Balfour Declaration. The British uh, foreign consulate basically wrote a note directly to the Rothschilds, like, "Hey, we've secured your your land for you know the chosen people. <laughs> we've done it for you. Congrats! Like, here you go." And that was in 1917. Yeah, right. So and, here's the long game, and what is a great way to basically get people to emotionally give you what you want and we've seen this over and over again since this is giant tragedy emotions are raw and you ask for something and they tend to give it to you because they just want to heal the wounds and they want revenge yeah i think there's a lot to be said to that yeah i mean world war ii is not my area of expertise so i don't want to there's just one quote from him and well i'll do it this isn't you saying this is not magnor seven's thought this is my he says specifically at one point that the gods of war have changed to the other side have 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 gone to the other side Mm -hmm. to me that is when he starts to lose the war he knows he's losing the war why because he's not they're not funding his war anymore Mm. Which is if you've wrecked shop, you've devastated everybody around you, 
you've knocked up enough, uh, you've done enough damage, and you've killed enough that it's time to end this war and move to phase two. Pull the money out of one side, move it to the other side, and that's what yeah. I, I mean. Like I could be wrong, but if I look at the logic of how humans act, that's what it looks like to me. Well, I mean, the way the way you talk about this is it reminds me a lot of um, the the Russian Revolution, um, the the Tsars in Russia. You know, it's like 1917 or whatever. Everybody in Russia is pissed, and uh, they want the Tsars overthrown. And then there's the Russian Revolution comes, and then Lenin is installed, and that's the beginning of communism in Russia. And if you trace it back, Lenin was mostly funded by J.P. Morgan to the tune of $25 million in 1917 dollars, which is like hundreds of millions of dollars today. And so J.P. Morgan funded that. And then J.P. Morgan's fortune comes from his great-grandfather, George Peabody. And Peabody was one of the largest uh, London-based foreign traders in the world, like 100 years or 200 years. 150 years ago, I guess. So he, he worked intimately with the Rothschilds and the, the Royal Crown of Britain. And uh, that's how George Peabody made all his money. And that's how J.P. Morgan got all his money. And then he, in turn, funded Lenin. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've always wanted to do a joke about this. Like, if if you're broke and your life sucks, it's a good chance because you had some lazy-ass ancestors. Mm. You know? If your ancestors had gotten on that banking game, gotten into building railroads, doing something early, than just being a bunch of peasants churning butter, you might have been in a different place. Oh, yeah. My ancestors fled an island because the potatoes were sour. Yeah. So, I mean. And then they came here and they just yeah. hung out in ghettos, dude. You know, it's like uh, the Rothschilds families like whooping ass and taking names. Triplies are back in the other day making pasta and, you know. <laughs> Fucking cleaning shoes. Like, get in that banking game, dog. The only, yeah. one, the only, the only problem here. is you have to be so immoral to do it. I mean, you've no, got to. No, that is it. And that's, we see that in Hollywood today. And is there is yeah. that where the, there's a connection with Freemasonry? Yeah, so Freemasonry is interesting, too. Um, cause Can the... I get into some before Freemasonry? Sure. I, then we'll get into this. And I want to know your thoughts. And I bring this up to everybody all the time. And they yeah. look like I'm crazy. Have you ever heard of how Alexander II helped Abraham Lincoln? No, I haven't. Okay. So this is a theory that is out there, that uh, during the Civil War, not only was it about slavery, but it was also about getting off the centralized banks. They didn't want to be, they didn't want to basically have a, a bank that printed money and that they owed taxes to. Right. Okay. They didn't want to have like a debt, debt-based debt Central Bank. And yeah. it's a very famous quote uh, by Abraham Lincoln, and that is that uh, what is the point of freeing some men while enslaving others? And that was about the centralized bank, and he wanted mm. to kick the bank out. Now, the bank, centralized bank, the Rothschilds, the royal families and all them, and I think the royal families own big parts of these centralized banks as well. They, um, they basically went to the South and go, listen. If you install a centralized bank, we will fund you and come on your side. Because Abraham Lincoln had kicked out the centralized bank and started issuing something called greenbacks. Right. This is actually true. He sold, he created his own money. He was not using the centralized bank money. He created his own money in which the North was spending. So what was going to happen was that the uh, the South had agreed to that. They could keep their slaves if they had a centralized bank. Britain and I believe Spain, I believe Britain and Spain or Britain and France were going to come in on the side of the South. 
and they were going to go and support the South to overthrow Lincoln so they could put back in a centralized bank. And what happened was is that Russia had just basically got rid of the serfdom uh, system where, you know, people were serfs to the oligarchy and all that. They kicked mm. that out. Alex II had heard this, and he sent naval ships to back up Abraham Lincoln. And this is a very mm. unknown fact. It's, a, it's mm. like, yeah, you see the story, the alliance that saved the Union. You could go see it. Was that under Vol- VoltaireNet.org? And uh, that's, that's, to me, where the Red Scare starts in this country. That the demonization of the Russians because they come in on the side of Abraham Lincoln and nobody ever wants to talk about that. And then whether that's true or not, you should do your own Mm. research into that, people listening. And if you can find stuff that tells me I'm not true, I'd love to hear it. I believe that it is true because that's where the the Red Scare comes from. That's very interesting. I've never heard any of that. I would love for you to to research it and tell me if I just blew your mind like I blew Greg <laughs> Carwood's mind about Building Six. I mean, I'm just I'm just dropping knowledge on these fucking grand masters of conspiracy. Mailing it. Yeah, yeah I've never heard that one. That's 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 very interesting. That makes a lot of sense to me. And you tell Americans that you watch just chaos break out in their eyes. The thought that the <laughs> Russians might have helped. You know, Abraham Lincoln, they can't take it. You know, what's crazy is I went to Germany like a year or two ago and I found this museum in Germany and they had all these letters that a German king had written to George Washington to like help him with tactics during the Revolutionary War. That's so interesting. It's all. And I was like, well, I'd never heard of any of that, but they had all these documents and. I mean, it was, it was there was legit. a cl- there, like it's all from that clan of Germany. Like this is like that's why we I fight with everybody. It's like the the, uh, the notion that the G- the Jews and the bankers and all that that's not it, dude. Because yeah. you know the Ch- the the people own Chase are the Rockefellers. They're Protestants. The royal family of England owns giant parts of all the centralized banks. the The Citibank is ran by the House of Saud. So you have like yeah. all these different people who have giant stakes in banks that run the fucking world and it's just yep. like the Rothschilds and the uh, defamation league was made to accuse anybody who questioned the Rothschilds on what they were doing and calling them anti-semitic so it's like this right. one clan from like this part of Germany that everybody is from yeah 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 and it's interesting too if you trace it back even further all these people are Ashkenazi Jews which is a certain like sub like race i guess of of jewish people that are from the the Khazar region and like the original jews were from the like arabics basically and um then at some point it switched over where jews are now basically like it was in like the year 1200 or something they kind of like became like white people basically became jews and then the ashkenazi jews which are now what we think of as jews are kind of the main most prevalent branch of Judaism, That's which so is an interesting turn of events, but so interesting, dude. So interesting. Yeah, I just I see it as a, there's like a lot of people just basically aligning behind movements that are convenient for them to be behind. You know, not that they don't like necessarily believe it. It's just it's because, like I said, I I think the Rothschilds would love for everyone to blame everything on the Jews because then yep. they don't get blamed. You know, they want they want everyone to go like. You know, the Jews did this. Let's blame the Jews. But that the level of inaccuracy in that statement is it's unbelievable. And I mean, it's like it's like saying it's like saying white people did this or something or like men did this. It's like it it has no accuracy. It's just 
it's just something that. But they we can see use that very prevalent today in social justice warriors bullshit. Just like, did you watch the Golden Globes? That's basically what they did. <laughs> White guys are evil. All of them. All of them. Except for the ones that gave me my career start and gave me my first TV show and signed me to all my contracts. And maybe <laughs> Besides them, all you guys are evil. It's, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. It's put divide me, and conquer. Put me in a suit and we'll see how evil I get, though. Am I cutting off all this hair? You go, dude. Go to fucking <laughs> Ellen Petite and get yourself a fucking suit. So let's get into this because uh, the next phase you want to talk about uh, is what do we want to get into? Yeah, so Freemasonry, I think. Freemasonry, yeah, and then I want to talk Kennedy, and I want to talk a, bunch, uh, a couple other things, so go on. Sure, yeah. Freemasonry is an interesting subject. Uh, so the biggest Freemasonry lodge is in London, which should make sense with everything else that's been going on. Mm-hmm. And if you study Freemasonry, if you look up, like, there's 33 levels of Freemasonry that you can achieve as you work your way through the system. If you actually look at the names of the levels... About half of them are about uh, rebuilding temples and like reconstructing the Temple of Solomon specifically. Yeah. And the Temple of Solomon is the temple on the top. It was on the top of Mount Zion like right. 1,500 years ago. And then um, the like non-Jews, all the Palestinians basically came in and destroyed it and built the dome on the rock 1,500 years ago. And so this is on Mount Zion and this is on the top of israel basically which is mm-hmm. it's mount zion and right is in the this middle. ran by palestinians right now is this on and the yes. palestinians and now this is a big issue now too right because yeah. they they want to take that yeah exactly yeah this all if you look at a map of israel you see it kind of jets out to grab uh jerusalem and then jerusalem's basically split in half right now the west side is owned by israel and the east side is owned by palestine but Israel's constantly encroaching, trying to expand the borders. You know, they build like a university on the east side where they shouldn't. And then they'll go, oh, but it's a university, so it's okay. And, you know, they just keep doing stuff like that, basically kind of slowly eroding away the Palestinian hold on it. And the eventual goal is to reclaim Mount Zion, which is to reclaim all of Jerusalem. And that's where the name Zionism comes from, because it's about reclaiming Jerusalem. It's about reclaiming Mount Zion and rebuilding the Temple of Solomon. So if you look at Freemasonry, the core goal of Freemasonry is to rebuild the Temple of Solomon. I mean, if you look at Freemasonry textbooks or imagery, um, it's it's very clear central focus. I mean, if you look at the the biggest lodge in London, the 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 like pictures they have carved on the front of the building of the Freemasonry lodge are like two angels holding the Ark of the Covenant with like Hebrew writing under it, quoting a Bible verse from like the Torah, and like mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's pretty like if you really look into it, it's pretty clear that there's this heavy association with Zionism. They basically have a perfectly mutually exclusive or a aligned goal, basically. So uh, you can't say, you know, it's it's a secret society, so you can never like really prove who owns what. But if you look at all the people who have been Freemasons, I mean, like half of U.S. presidents have been Freemasons, like all, all the initial astronauts in the first like five missions were all Freemasons, like. Um, I, I mean, there's there's millions of Freemasons in the world, like five to ten million Freemasons estimated. Uh, the one in London, it's like 1.5 million Freemasons go to that lodge alone, and uh, and it you know it comes across as sort of a, a a charitable organization. They do a lot of charity work and stuff, which they do. But once you ascend to the higher levels, it's no longer about that. And uh, then the ultimate thing, I guess, is once you get to level 33, which is the top. 
then you're eligible to join these uh, higher organizations, one of which is the Illuminati. And that's that's something people really like to focus on, but um, it's just one aspect of it. You but, found like, something really interesting about the Illuminati today, didn't you? And what's, what, what are you talking about? CIA? Oh, yeah. It's always weird when you're researching uh, any topic on Tinfoil Hat and you happen to be on the Central Intelligence Agency's website and there, uh, I was reading an article about the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati and how the Rothschilds appear to be one that they've named, along with Rockefeller, Kennedy. Why is that on the CIA's mm. website? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Now, now, who is the man who uh, created the Illuminati? I don't know. Okay, it's I, this yeah, guy's yeah. name. I, got, I, I know I'm going to butcher it, so I'm going to go on to one of these. Uh, I, do, I listen to it on... Um, here it is. It's this guy is the name. I want you to hear his name. Hold on. Let me see. It's this is his name. This is his name. Ready? Hold on. Adam Weishaupt. Adam Weishaupt. Adam Weishaupt. That guy, right? Okay. This is something I found out today that's somewhat really interesting. Hmm. Do you know, and you brought this up to me, Ryan, that the only dollar bill in the United States that has not changed is the one dollar the one dollar bill because the stuff on the front right so everyone's looking at all these illuminati stuff with the pyramid and the eye and all that yeah okay do, does anyone have a here let me see if i got this real quick here. so have you seen have you seen on the back of that pyramid with the eye it's called the eye of providence Correct. and that's a freemasonry symbol yeah if you actually i don't know if you guys know this but this this really blows my mind but if you draw a star of david yes on top of that I have providence. The letters that it hits as you draw the stars spell out the word Mason. Yeah. Unbelievable. M-A-S-O-N. Are you ready to yeah. have your mind blown? <laughs> this guy, and I know you can't see this, dude, but everybody thinks this is George Washington. Okay. There is a, there is a strong argument that this is not George Washington. Who is it? That this is actually Adam Weissenthemp, the, the guy who created the, the Illuminati. He is the founding member of the Illuminati. And then when you look at pictures of George Washington, he does not look exactly like this. He has a much different nose, different face. This looks exactly like this guy. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. And now you're like, the back is all Illuminati? Guess yeah. what? The front is might be Illuminati, too. How crazy is that? And I, now, now, I'm not 100% saying that's true, but... They were showing pictures. I'm like, oh, dude, the haircut looks exactly like this guy, Adam. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's known George Washington was a Freemason, too. I mean, they, there's, like, a, a picture of him uh, laying the cornerstone for the Capitol building or something like that, and he's wearing his Freemasonry apron. Yeah, yeah. dude. The oh, the stand that when he's standing and he has his hand in his jacket, mm-hmm. that's a Freemason uh, symbol reaction. So let's yep. fast forward. Like We're Napoleon's past. Hand. Yeah, everybody. We've had three. We've had three presidents try to get rid of centralized bank. Uh, there is talk that that is something that Donald Trump wants to do. So let's yep. see what Donald Trump's doing right now. He's going after the CIA, the FBI, and he might be going after the centralized bank. That is a recipe for JFK right there. Okay, that is exactly what JFK did. Uh, and the thoughts that he was trying to get rid of the mob, the CIA, and the centralized banks, and um, they basically I mean, took him out. 
Yeah, I think that's unless Trump's a limited hangout, unless it's to give people the illusion he's actually fighting the system when he's not, which yeah, I could also which see. Easily could happen. Now, do you yeah. know the uh, the list of actual countries that don't have a quote unquote Rothschild controlled centralized bank currently? Yeah, I've seen that. It's, they say it's like Syria and Iran and Cuba and North Korea. Interesting. They all have something but, in common, huh? Yeah, that, that right. the, the U.S. and Israel both want them destroyed and overthrown. So, so when uh, what is the name of the 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 general that after nine eleven he he goes and he talks about? I can't remember. Rumsfeld? No, no, no. It's uh, Marshall or oh, what's his name? Anyways, he talks about how after nine eleven he goes to the Pentagon. He's talking to him. And they're like, hey, dude, uh, so what's going on? Oh, we're going into Iraq. Why? Do they have something to do with this? No, but I guess when you're a, uh, when you're a uh, hammer, everything's a nail, right? So yeah. So then he comes back. Oh, it's like, have you seen that video of that general? He's yeah. like, he gets the pay. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's he gets, what I'm like, talking about. From what is his yeah. name? General Matt. Ma- Ma- can't remember when everything's a mm-hmm. hammer you're a nail and could you look that up sure. when everything's a hammer you're a nail um so basically he lists all these countries they want to go into and every single one of them are the ones with no centralized banks and we are all in them right now uh general wesley clark I wesley clark there you go generally yeah. wesley said, clark yeah we're going to seven countries in five years and it was like the four we listed, and then uh, a few others as well that we've basically already overthrown, like Iraq and Yemen. Uh, others. And I think Yemen, they expected North the timeline Carolina, for this to go Carolina, more quickly than it has. But say that again. Sorry. I I think they've expected the timeline to go more quickly than it has. Like I think they expected Syria to be overthrown in like 2013 or something. And there's been a lot of they've been blocked in a lot of ways. I don't think they expected, and it's like it's dragging their whole strategy out. So I want to get back to the Rothschilds, and this is a very interesting thing. Richard Nixon, the Rothschild, centralized banks, the petrodollar. Do you know about the petrodollar? Yes, I do, yeah. Can you tell uh, us a little, our listeners, about the petrodollar? So the the United States has a deal that if you trade oil, you have to trade the oil in U.S. dollars, regardless of what country you are or where in the world you are. And in exchange, you get U.S. defense and stuff like that. So if you get attacked, the U.S. will jump to your aid and help fight your wars for you. So basically, in exchange for being their hammer, they agree to trade oil in U.S. dollars. And what that does is it creates demand for U.S. dollars. And And it, it makes it so you can print unlimited dollars because there's unlimited oil. The problem when Nixon was in office, inflation had gone crazy because they had printed more uh, money than they had gold to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, now I'm with the uh, unlimited oil, you can, you can, <laughs> if it's backed by oil and there's unlimited oil, you can print unlimited money. Yeah. And one of the dangers now that we've put ourselves in position with is so many countries have been forced to do this petrodollar thing. And then certain countries are starting to get, try and get away from that. And, I mean, we saw, like, uh, Gaddafi in Libya get overthrown when he tried to um, go to a gold-backed uh, currency and trade oil in non-U.S. dollars. And uh, we're starting to see China and Russia do some trade in non-U.S. dollars, but we can't, you know, overthrow those countries nearly as easily well, as well, Libya. What's very interesting is that China – I know that Russia doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a centralized bank. They kick them out. Or do they have a – I don't think they, they – do. 
They, they do, do have a central bank, Isn't that yeah. Crazy? Like, which but, makes you. But think... their debt, to, their debt, debt to GDP ratio is only like thirty percent, so they're not like really ensnared by the debt as where the United States is like hundred and fifty percent. So like the debt controls us. So yeah. um, about China, they got a centralized bank. What are they going to yeah. do? It's it's just very interesting. And do we see the Rothschilds leave America and just go kick it with China if they yeah, become the next superpower? I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Yeah, I mean, and the real danger with this petrodollar thing too is if and why why the U.S. has to enforce it so fervently is because the second it stops being a thing, then all those dollars aren't necessary anymore, and they'll flood the world market. So the yep. dollar, the value of the dollar will drop incredibly quickly. So that will be a hyperinflation scenario. Syria? And, okay, go on. Sorry about that. Yeah, and, but I mean, uh, there was actually a couple of years ago some. A uh, bank came out of nowhere in Belgium and just bought up all these U.S. Treasure, uh, treasury bonds that China was dumping because China's trying to cheapen and destroy the U.S. dollar, basically. So occasionally we'll just surprise flood the market with a bunch of U.S. treasuries that it's bought from before. And the U.S. actually established a bank in Belgium that bought all those treasuries up <laughs> to the tune of, like, more than the GDP of Belgium. And... Wow. then just kind of dissolve them, basically. But they're, like, trying to absorb the liquidity shocks from c going off the petrodollar. But, it's, I mean, at some point, it's the game's not going to work anymore. Yeah, I mean, dude, that that's what the Great Depression was. The crash, it was built on funny money. Everybody's spending in uh, Monopoly cash. It's not built on anything. If I have a dollar in a bank account, I can loan out $10. It's just not real. And it's like, and that's, you know, it's like the, the, the capitalism that we have today is not the capitalism that we had uh, during the, after the Great Depression. That, that kind of lifted us up. That had regulations. That had protections. This is just Wild West back to that real quick. Um, and the whole part of the Syrian war is this pipeline from Qatar, Qatar uh, down through to the Baltic Sea. Now, Russia doesn't want that because that will cut them off from giving their oil to uh, uh, Europe. Right. And basically, Saudi Arabia wants to pay, wants that, and the United States wants to, wants that because Saudi Arabia wants that, and so because if Russia and China get to where they want and they start trading in yen, that's going to, like you were saying, going to destroy the the U.S. dollar. So we are yep. fighting. There's two monsters. You remember when Godzilla? You remember when Godzilla took on King Kong, and you were like, "Oh my God, I've been waiting to see this forever." Mm -hmm. That's what's going on here. Two giant superpowers are fighting over who is going to basically control uh, energy in Europe. And Syria is Tokyo just getting smashed and pummeled nonstop. But you know what's so funny, dude? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's they've they've come out. You know, dude, for as great as the militaries are, and I respect everybody who served, and this is not a sign of you and what you did for this country. I respect you. We've lost a lot of wars. For the, for the guys who have the biggest b army... I mean, unless when people just roll over. I mean, like, look at this. We're still in Afghanistan. We haven't gotten that locked down. We haven't gotten Iraq locked down. Maybe they don't want to lock down, so we're there. So we are there forever. I mean, we, well, we only... since the end of since the end of World War II, the United like after the end of World War II, the United States has overthrown something like fifty-seven governments around the world. Damn. So, like, some of them are easy, and yes. then some of them aren't. And we get stuck on them, you know, and the ones we get stuck on are the ones where we end up having these big protracted wars that just never resolve. Yeah, we don't lose wars. We lose conflicts. We haven't <laughs> lost a war since. Korea. Well, we want continuous war. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's also the thing is the military industrial complex is making money when there's a war. They want bombs exploded every day because then they have more bombs to sell. We ran you know? out of bombs. We ran yeah. out of bombs. We have no more bombs. We had we had to make more. We yeah. ran. We pummeled we're, them we're, so much. Yeah, we're defenseless. We need to. We blew up all our stuff, so we have to rebuild everything. You know, Afghanistan. We dropped the mother of all bombs on it. Like Afghanistan yeah. is like a, a 25 year comic who's just like doesn't feel bombings anymore. They're just like, oh, it's just another fucking day. <laughs> and you touched yeah. on it, uh, military industrial complex. Uh, it's the yeah. aspects of corporatocracy. I was wondering if you could just define that for us, and so we can get into it, so that we could. Uh, Put a nice little bow on today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the military industrial complex is kind of like the nexus of the corporatocracy. Um, Eisenhower, when he left office in his departing speech, he warned about the military industrial complex taking over the government. And so this is something that's been a known problem for a very long time at the high levels. And basically, you know, it, it comes down to like these companies are extremely wealthy and then they tell you, hey, we need to go in here and do this war and then you know that's like the general wesley clark thing they just get this memo it's like hey we're going to war here and here and here just do it and then you know if the if they're making money by having the wars they have a lot of incentive to create the wars and so there's this whole industry of lobbying and politicking that's come up basically engineered to create situations that are profitable for the military industrial complex and that's all these wars and the cia has tight connections with these groups and since then the business model has expanded now instead of just being the military and and the industries around the military now it's also you know like stuff like food and agriculture and internet access and you know all these real basic commodities now have become monopolized in such a way where the, it's like the vertical integration is almost complete so there's it's you know anytime there's a competitor they get shut down and uh, then these large monopolies basically rewrite the laws using their lobbying power and their their law power because they have you know they are the congressmen in a lot of cases these these head uh, multinational corporation heads they'll they'll rewrite the laws to ensure that they have a monopoly you know to make sure they're the only ones that can meet the letter of the law yeah. and no one else qualifies and give themselves a monopoly by essentially capturing the regulatory agencies that are supposed to keep them from doing that exact thing so um oh yeah i we... mean like if you look at uh noam chomsky's whole uh requiem for an american dream yeah. uh, he talks about the, the the masters of mankind and that's why i think trump's just a puppet why yep. would you change the way the internet works when it got you elected hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true why would you it's do that? Point. Because you're 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 just a puppet, dude. And like, I just feel that like the right is falling for Trump the way the left fell for Obama, and they're just completely. all fucking puppets, dude. No and then fucking the, groups. The, the people on the flip side, you know, the the people who hated Obama so much, they're like foaming at the mouth. Now it's like the other side are like foaming at the mouth at Trump, and it's like they're all like the I same get, thing. They're just yeah, doing it's like the exact I get your angry, thing. but yeah, it's just it's very misdirected anger. And it's just like it's just like I'm looking at these notes you have. It's just unbelievable, dude. <laughs> I mean, the the reliability of this concept that the Rothschilds are behind pulling the strings. I mean, this is one of those true conspiracies where you can't. I mean, try to try to deny it. You've done it yourself. You just chose a random. What country was it in Africa you chose, and you followed it all the way back? 
Zimbabwe. Yeah, I just put my finger on a map and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna connect Zimbabwe to the Rothschilds, and it wasn't hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's one of those open secret things, you know. It's 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 not a hidden thing. It's just nobody looks and. It's. I mean, this is all from Wikipedia. I mean, this is not like I'm, you know, digging through some crazy archives or whatever. This is just like straight up Wikipedia. Like, and that's why my <laughs> whole opinion is I like, and I like why I hate people who are like, oh, I hate uh, Aaron. Do you hate government? Can you be honest? Do you hate the government? Not on the whole, no. What 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 is one thing you hate about government? Mm, is mean, it it's taxes? In, it's ineffectiveness. It's yeah. ineffectiveness. Yeah. Okay. Go. Like a lot of people will say taxes. Well, guess what, everybody? You don't pay taxes to the U.S. government. You pay it to the IMF and the WBO. The IRS is not part of the U.S. government. So what else do you hate? Do you hate the war on drugs? Guess what? The war on drugs is basically started by big pharmaceutical companies, liquor and beer companies, and privatized prisons. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, guys- and can... racists. Yep. Well- well, racist looking to make money, though. You know, it's yeah, like uh, yeah, if, also, if you look yeah. at like, hey, man, I'm a poor Southern man and I hate blacks. I'm going to build this. Pre-. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's just like, dude, these very high ups who manipulate everything. They manipulate all. And it's at the ties. Yeah. Again, goes back to God. Gold, gold, oil, drugs. These people manipulate mm. everything. And now we're finding out that, and no one's talking about this, the Iwan Contra affair, the Iwan brothers with Obama pulling the DA off of fucking trying to investigate whether Hezbollah was selling opiates in America. They say cocaine, but you know it's opiates, selling opiates uh, to fund their war on terror. It's like they all use <laughs> yeah. the same fucking yep. tactics. Now, let me ask you something, and this may, and we'll get out of here in a couple. A um, couple minutes, because uh, we we got to bring in another podcast. Uh, your your thoughts on the 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 powers that be these these family of thirteen Rothschilds, these other people, and this theory of pedogate. Uh, any thoughts on that? Do you have any? And here, Aaron's shaking his head and crying on his tits. But uh, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on on it, any thoughts on that at all? I mean, there's. There's propaganda from 150 years ago saying like the Jewish bankers eat babies and stuff like that, and I I honestly think some of it's disinformation to just so people will latch onto that highly emotional factoid or whatever, and then start saying that and then be discredited to everyone they talk to, and I I there you know I, I honestly don't know what's going on with their personal religion. They obviously got some strange going on, and I feel like you could honestly spend a lifetime digging into it. But I really think that whole aspect of it is a distraction yeah. um, because they I mean, they are even if they are like sacrificing people and stuff, that's it's awful. And that'd be great if someone had like a video of that or something. Are there but any the, like thoughts that it's used for blackmail to, you know, fund their military yeah. and not be able to do any of that stuff? Yeah, I've heard that, too, that you get to the higher levels and it's you have to basically prove that you will do whatever they say, regardless of how evil it is. And then they'll give you more power. Yes, and, that's exactly yeah. what I think it is. So, yeah, you I've heard me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that being the case. But I, I just think it's uh, in terms of like research, it's better to focus on the more provable stuff because you get more traction with the public that no, I way. Get that. I get that. I get that. We're going to have a big show with Dan Cummins. He doesn't believe in this. I believe in it, and I think we're just going to sit. Th- I, I'm going to do a lot of research because I think this there is uh, there is information that 
through the elites that this is used as blackmail across uh, most of your like uh, white Anglo-Saxon countries. You know that you see yeah. a lot of this being used as a way to play ball, and it's almost like when 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 uh, gangs jump people in, it's like, hey man, you gotta go kill that guy. So oh, yeah. now you kill that guy. If you tell on me, I'll tell on you. And now we're both doing fucking time, and that's yep. kind of what I it could- is. I could totally see that 100%. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a possibility. But the thing is, I just, there's no like hard evidence where it's like you can just say, like, ah, we've got them, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, that's that's the thing I always trip over. But I mean, it it definitely is a possibility. And if someone did find evidence, that would be just earth shattering. Like if someone is like the Bilderberg group or something, if there was some like Bilderberg meeting where they're like literally killing a child with a knife or something like that. If you had that piece of video footage, I mean, uh, that would change. The royal family has been sued in uh, in war tribunes in Geneva for hunting kids i mean like i i don't want to get oh, too really? dark on this thing but huh. we're gonna do that in a, a different episode because we don't want to piss off aaron you know because he's very sensitive um but man uh anything else i thought uh, did we get through it i thought it was a great episode man. i just gotta ask magnora seven uh are you yeah. a rothschild are you a rothschild dude I am not. Okay. I am not. Sounds... I mean, if I if I was, I'd uh, probably have some better info than I have. <laughs> but if you are, you have to tell I, us. That would be uh, yeah. You know that's the rule, right? If you are, you have to tell us. Hey, dude, I've heard that too. Yeah, we I appreciate don't know. you coming on. We'd love to have you come on. Keep us posted on your new uh, your new thing. I'd like to invest in that, dude. I'd like to yeah, throw yeah. A check, couple you can check cones. out AntiStreams or SetIt.net, or if you want to just check out uh, the posts that I keep going on, uh, you can go on Reddit uh, slash r slash Magnora Seven, and I've got my collection of previous research and articles there. Let me get on the ground floor on this shit. I want to be that guy from Napster who got in on Facebook <laughs> and threw mad cash. And now got bling and banging chicks, hot chicks. <laughs> if, you, if you ever come out to L.A., come and hang out with us. We'll uh, keep your anonymity Yeah, secret. we'll throw a Mexican Libra mask on you, and you can just walk around and just, like, don't want to know who you are. We'll just call you Senior Seven, you know? Siete. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'll be Senior Seven. All right, bud. You're the man. We appreciate you spending time with us today, and we appreciate you coming uh, and, and posting our our uh, our uh, our episode on your page, man. It means a lot to us, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was very nice talking to you, Sam and Ryan. All, All right. right, man. Take care. Keep up the good fight, homeboy. Well, you guys too. Talk to you later. Take All care. Right. And it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Open your mind. Aaron. Aaron. Don't be an idiot. Open your mind. What? So I strongly suggest that you wake the fuck up, you filthy animal. Aaron, thoughts? Hey, gang. Uh, So minor correction. Uh, When you guys did the hammer and the nail quote, Wesley Clark said that, but he didn't. The way you guys made it sound was that he was in the room and said that in the room as a justification for the war. He was being told that that was the plan yeah, by yeah, another yeah, yeah. staffer. Uh, I thought that's what we did, but that's okay. I'm, I'm cool just clarifying. That. I'm fine so, with that. Because, yeah, it struck me as odd. You can use your time to talk about anything. Recipes. Wesley Clark isn't generally thought of as a warmongering. Okay. Uh, Sounds like you know him. asshole. But, uh, yeah. 
So I just thought I'd clear that up. I'm cool with that. Is yeah. that your only thought for today? I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Rothschilds. Are you a Rothschild? I am not a Rothschild. Do you think that we're mm-hmm. anti-Semitic? No. Okay. Not in the slightest. That's it. That's yeah. it. What a great podcast today was, in huh? Waters Hold on. Conspiracy. God, it always does that every <laughs> fucking time. Next track. Next track. Okay, we're just going to read two things, and then we're out of here. All right, let's do it. And then we got more people coming in. Yeah, rate and reviews. Ryan, did I, I, I tried to let him talk as much as I could. Did a good job. Okay. All Read right, five-star five reviews on iTunes. We need those guys. Help us uh, send a message to Al Madrigal himself. Let him know that we're here to stay. All right, five-star review. Love Tinfoil Hat, y'all. My favorite podcast to listen to keep up the work of spiritual skeptics of the official narrative. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Five-star review by Bobby Hands. But you broke my heart with the Soros episode. Show was so surface level. Dig deeper. All right, fuck you, Bobby Hands. All right, All no, right. that's cool. The five that's star cool. Yeah, we that's don't care cool. what you say. You can say no, what you no, want. No, no, no. He that's a that's he wants goes deeper. It's an hour, dude. You know, it's an hour. We have the studio only for so long, and we try to give you as much information as you can. The thing we want you to do with this show is to take if you like what we talk about, do some research. We appreciate the five star review. Hey, it's fine. Next God week. forbid go. the spirit the spiritual skeptic show doesn't quite go along with what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, dude, the whole thing is like nobody knows what's going on except for me, okay? But nobody else knows. I know. Nobody else knows. Go on. Five-star review. Love the podcast. Seriously, you are doing some great and interesting work. Thanks for making my day better. Sam, one thing. You are too smart and too articulate to keep learning, leaning on the I failed the first grade. First grade failed you. Stop that excuse. Just roll with it. None of us are perfect. When did my mom get on iTunes? There you go. I love it. Five-star review. Lizard people are everywhere. Thank you for opening my eyes to lizard people that run the world. Amazing podcast. Guys, five-star review. You can get, like, dude, I'm fine with that constructive criticism. Hey, dude, you guys didn't go deep enough. I respect that. That's fine. Five stars. Give us those five stars and more five stars. We want to get 1,000 five stars. We right now are 370 away. If you guys can help us, help a brother out, okay? We love you guys. So, uh, final thoughts from you, Ryan, as we go out. It was a good episode, man. I knew that we needed to get someone that was intelligent about the Rothschilds, and we did it. Yeah, we did. I'm very excited. We love you guys very much, and we will see you guys. Uh, We are doing Q Q Anonymous with Tim Dillon on Monday, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we got some great ones coming up. I'm super stoked. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hopefully see you sooner than later. If you want us to come to your town, find us a rock club, a comedy club, or some venue we could do a show. Take care, everybody. Bye.